Hello and welcome to the Sauna Collective for June 2018. Uh, I'm Darren Scott and I'm joined with all the Sauna Collective members, which is always great. We have Scott Coates in Thailand, we have Scott Gregory here in Calgary, and Alan Dupuy also here in Calgary with myself, Darren Scott. So uh, last year we did a round of live albums, which we, originally we had said the Sonic Collective wouldn't do, but uh, we decided, like, why not? It's just the five of us. We're the only ones listening. We can do whatever we want. So we did it, and it was awesome. We really liked the uh, live albums we picked. Uh, I think I had picked Johnny Cash, Live Folsom Prison. And uh, so we decided to do it again about a year later. So I kicked it off this month, and I, I picked uh, the Stop Making Sense by the Talking Heads, which was uh, an, a live album, but actually also a movie. Uh, that was uh, made by Jonathan Demi. Demi, I think that's right. So he he's famous for Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia and Married with the Mob. So did a lot of big movies, but uh, he he directed this uh, uh, live concert movie of uh, David Byrne and the Talking Heads. So uh, for me, I, I picked this. You know, I've always been a Talking Heads fan. I always liked them. I'm surprised we hadn't got to them yet. But there's so many bands you can't get them all. Uh, but just recently, David Byrne, just himself and not talk heads, had come through Calgary, and I was kicking myself that I missed it, and I had talked to some friends, uh, literally they'd just seen it the day before, and they just said how good it was. I'm like, ah, I was so mad at myself. But that kind of, you know, for me, I thought, well, perfect. I, I'm sure they have some good live albums. But to be honest, I actually wasn't really aware of this album. I, I had never really listened to it before, hadn't really heard it, uh, but it got really high reviews, so we decided to give it a shot. So... There's a little bit of background, so why don't I, why don't I just kick it off to, uh, let's say, Scott Coates to see what you thought of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, good pick, man. I had heard of this album, and I knew that it was a movie, and I've still yet to see the movie. <clears throat> I yeah. like Talking Heads, but I don't think I've never done a deep dive on them beyond the hits. Um, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I kind of, as I'm listening, I knew that it was on these, like, best live album ever lists, so... I, I think that can almost disrupt the listing because while I'm listening, I'm like, I wonder what makes this one of the best. But um, I'll say that some, like a lot of live albums suck. I think that's the biggest thing about most live albums. And this one was pretty neat. I found that like his voice was really, really dynamic. Like you could hear much more to it than on a regular studio album. I was also listening on awesome noise-canceling headphones. Um, I, I also thought you could hear all the instruments really well. Like the acoustic guitars were so mm. crisp every instrument i felt like i could hear really really well so recording wise like i'm no expert but i felt like it was it, like clarity wise it was super clear i kind of felt like i was there there was just the right amount of audience sounds like you kind of hear them at times but not throughout the whole time um and i kind of felt it sometimes and maybe it's knowing a bit about david Byrne, but i felt like i was listening to a player a stage performance a little bit like it was mm -hmm. It was rather intricate, um, and it got pretty emotional. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of the song Heaven, but, like, it was super emotional. And, like, again, the acoustic guitar in, in Heaven was really crisp. Um, I really liked their version of Burn It Down the House. I mean, I love that, but I found this live version had a lot more depth. There was so many more instruments that, could, that came out. And, you know, it was kind of fun to hear them, you know, dabble a bit play along with the audience, which I'd say is one of my overall biggest complaints of some concerts are things you go to and they just play the whole, all the songs and don't talk. You're like, I want to hear something different. So I felt like this was a pretty good blend between trying to make sure it sounds good, yet you get that live feel, 
Um, again, I thought that the sound quality was fantastic. And then it was kind of weird at the end there, that Tom Tom Club track, you know, they yeah, did those some covers and stuff. Like, <laughs> I kind of was, it, it, but it almost came a bit out of left field because I think that's the editing. Like, I think they just edited that in. Whereas had they maybe gone like, and now for something just a little fun and different, then it would have made a bit more sense. I almost thought it had skipped to a different album. But, I mean, overall, pretty neat period in time. And, I, and I'd actually like to learn more about, about the album time period that maybe you can fill us in anyway uh, who else would like to go yeah i'll riff off that because to your last point there i think uh, i read they recorded this over three evenings so there probably okay. was a little bit of, of splicing going on there um yeah. i'm glad we did a, a round of live albums before because it kind of gave me a taste of what other bands do, how much interaction there is. And I was actually a little bit disappointed with uh, the lack of, of interaction, whether it's like a tragically hip nine-minute monologue in the middle of it or something like that. It, it, it just didn't have any of those defining moments that would pull me into a, a live album over a studio album. I agree with you that the the sound was more rich. I liked some of the, the the risks that they took with the songs. I mean, the list of my favorite Talking Head songs pretty much goes Once in a Lifetime, Heaven, Take Me to the River, Psycho Killer, and Burning Down the House. And they're all on this album. So I was super excited, but I wasn't feeling it from a, a live album perspective until about a week ago. That's when I found out that it was a movie as well. And uh, I watched the movie. Uh, it's If you type in the, the title of the movie in full movie, you will find a free copy on the internet. Spoiler. Uh, but, uh, but, oh my God, my, my opinion absolutely changed, you know, 180 degrees once I was watching the movie because the composition of the movie itself, all of a sudden you realize all these things that you can't hear are happening on stage. Uh, you may not realize it as the album is going, but the first track, it's just him out there. And then every succeeding, uh, preceding track, one more band member joins him on stage. They build the stage a little bit more until about halfway through, you've actually got the whole band and the whole stage built and, and it, oh. it's going. So it, it, now, now that I listen to the album and I can see the concert going on, uh, it, it's amazing. I actually really, really enjoyed this album over the last week, now having watched the movie. So it's rare. This is more rare. If it's rare for me to say watch the movie instead of read the book, I don't think I have ever said watch the movie instead of listen to the album. But definitely watch the movie and you'll have an even greater appreciation uh, for this album. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Scott? Yeah, he's yeah. really known for that, David Byrne, like to put a full performance. He's always been, it's like all about the whole performance. Yeah. Even when he was just here, I heard that too, that it just started with him and that he was in bare feet and he came on the stage. And same thing, they would add people. Uh, they never sat at instruments, they kept moving the whole time and it was all choreographed and lit. Like it just, he puts on a show. Like It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Alan. Yeah, um, I'm going to echo a lot of the same sentiments. I've always thought the talking heads were. Um, a little eclectic and uh, you know no surprises here on this album and I think that's a good thing um, I was sort of actually expecting a little bit more riffing between the band and the audience a little bit so um, considering this is a live album you didn't hear a whole lot of that you know that's a good point 
Scott was mentioning about how uh, all of a sudden there's a Tom Tom Club song that you didn't even realize they kind of shifted into that until they, they make a mention of it afterwards and it's and, even sort of downplayed. And realize uh, they are the Tom Tom Club too, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I don't know if the yeah. full band is, but... No, it's... Uh, um, David Byrne and uh, oh, that lady. Frank and Tina Weymouth. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, Chris France. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jerry Harrison does keyboards and and then David Byrne obviously. Okay, you go, man. Well, Byrne probably owns the rights to everything. He's just soaking the money off the royalties. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I'm kind of okay with that. I thought during the last round of live albums, some of the, some of the albums we reviewed, I felt like there was a bit too much talking between the band and the audience and it kind of pulled me out of the the experience because I'm kind of when I'm in this I'm kind of in it for the music mm. although yeah. apparently there's a great movie I gotta catch up on so uh, I'll, I'll have to look into that um, I thought their version of Burning Down the House was actually better than the, uh, nice. I guess the studio album version that I had heard yeah. I really enjoyed it um, same with Once in a Lifetime uh, mm. What a what a strange and wonderful track! <laughs> I love that. It's my number I one heard favorite. That song. I was hosting karaoke, and it was like one of the first times I had ever hosted. Some guy just like put that song up, and I had no idea what to expect. And it was uh, really, yeah. You're probably all like, "This guy sounds horrible, and he's off cadence and everything." And then you're like, "Oh no, wait, that's that's actually how it's supposed to go." Yeah, because I <laughs> that was the first time I'd heard the song, and I didn't hear it again until I heard like. They're like the Talking Heads version years later. And I immediately remembered it because I just thought, what a strange song. And it was so memorable to me. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that it was on this, this live album. I thought their live rendition was really good. Making Flippy Floppy is awesome. Um, <laughs> that song Swamp I found a little weird. Uh, there were a few weird tracks on here. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, overall, fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, particularly for a live album, considering the fidelity, the audio fidelity, it didn't really mm. sound to me like it was a live album, except for the odd time you'd hear the the crowds cheering. So yeah, it's just so tight. I think it's just he's such a good performer, and they're so they're actually so good live too that it's hard to believe that's the real sound. Most of it sounds, you know, not quite like the album. Totally, yeah. and like the their songs are really weird. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching. To, uh, to get the, I guess, the full experience to see what they're like on stage, um, I have my suspicions. So it'll be uh, it'll be cool to go and check out that movie. Yeah, yeah, very cool. You know, maybe a little more history. And that I don't know if we said it. That was 1984 that uh, this was recorded. And yeah, Scott was right. Scott uh, Gregory that it was three nights. And most, I think, pretty much every album we've done is like that. Like, uh, I think uh, Folsom Prison was two. Uh, Frank Sinatra, I think, was over three nights. And, and they just kind of take the best take. Uh, the Who Lie That Leads to, I remember that. It was like it too. Um, I mean, the Talking Heads were formed in 75 in New York City. Um, I think may even referred to it in the, uh, uh, in the pick when I, I was talking about them that uh, they started, they were all art school, school students and they got together and started, you know, just trying to play some really weird punk kind of eclectic music. And they were one of the, the big bands that really made CBGBs, the, you know, the famous. Uh, punk and alternative club in New York. So um, that's kind of how they got their start. And then uh, shortly after their forming, they uh, started to collaborate with Brian Eno, which they did three albums with 
So, I mean, famous producer, just worked with Bowie and some others, and he really helped them refine their sound. And David Byrne is really known for, he's really a historian and understands music, and uh, he loves world music too. So he would go, um, I think I, I told you that there's a book called How Music Works. I believe that's Yeah, I read it. Yeah. Your recommendation. yeah, right. Yeah, and I mean, it can be slow at times, but it really, it's just his view on, uh, you know, the history of kind of music and sound and where it came from. But he talks a lot in that book, if you remember, Scott, about the different places. I don't think he go. talks in the book at all. Oh, yeah. Well, but no, he... What? I'm kidding. You can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He talks, and then somebody wrote down his words, and then, yeah. <laughs> but uh, about all the different countries. So he would get into a really Latin vibe for a while, and then you would you would hear that influence in the songs, and then he would go to Africa, and there would be, like, uh, a lot more drums in Congo, you know, things like that. So he really just constantly is evolving in the sound. But it, And you get this really, and you nailed it earlier, Alan saying eclectic sound it's just kind of all over the place i actually just saw the john butler trail last night and i didn't really know who that was if you guys do but uh it's very similar all over the place so we have like like a reggae song his, his mainstream stuff's a little more country-ish and then rock and it was just kind of like like not the same style as the talking heads but just how they would just change constantly was really interesting but i think <laughs> what really helped define uh you know the talking heads and david Byrne. so and they didn't last too long. I think they, they broke up, uh, you know, shortly after this album, they really started to hit it big. They were kind of making it big, but then by the mid eighties, they kind of got a little more mainstream uh, and became super popular. But when they broke up, I think, what was it 91 or something like that? I think they were done. Yeah. So interesting band for sure, for sure. Do you know that uh, of our last uh, seven albums, I'm just going back, uh, just under half of them are from 1984? Yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> Depeche yeah. Mode, Purple Rain, and now now this one. Yeah, we seem to land on that year quite a bit. <laughs> it's a good year. I was around for that year. Uh, uh, any other uh, comments, or should we hop into some scores here? <laughs> Go Brazil! <laughs> or, or was it kind of neat about these? I suppose live albums is that they do serve as the greatest hits as well, too, for the most part, right? Yes. Some, like you mentioned, all your favorite songs, so you sort of get two at the same time. And I think it's neat to get ones that don't suck, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but most live albums I've listened to in my life, you're like, yeah, it's not very good. So when you hear one, at least sounds good, like quality wise and all that, it sounds as good as a studio. And you're like, okay, that's fun. Yeah, because so. it's kind of like when you go to a concert and you pay 80 bucks and they, they suck live. At oh, least they don't say a word. They play like 10 songs and they say, hello, Calgary. And then they yeah. keep going. Like, there shall yeah. be no encore. <laughs> yeah. With those, I mean, yeah. you're kind of there for the experience. But yeah. that experience, is it, it, it's lost in translation when you're just listening to it on Spotify, right? So Yeah. yeah. At least live albums, if they suck, you're only out like 20 bucks or 10 bucks in the modern era. Well, then... This was not the case with the talking heads. Yep, this was worth whatever the sticker price was for sure. All right, Adam, what are you giving it for scores? Uh, because I am fascinated with this weird-ass band, I'm giving it a five for Influence My Taste. I'm going to have to go back and check out some of the other stuff that didn't make this album. Um, like Scott had mentioned, he listed off a bunch of the songs, basically all the singles. Those are the only ones I'd really heard, so... Um, definitely want to explore further and i'll watch that movie as well so that's a five um 
I'm going to have to give it, I think overall it'll have to be like a four and a half. Just, you know, it, it sounded really tight. It had all the best parts of a live album with not a whole lot of the drawbacks. So, um, yeah, all around, I would recommend this for sure to anyone who fancies themselves a hipster or likes the year 1984. Or, <laughs> which apparently we do for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's next? Um, Scott Coates will just jump in here. Yeah, I actually kind of forget all the categories now. I mean, influence my taste. I'll give it a 4.5. Uh, not thinking necessarily right about now listening, but, you know, when I heard some of the early songs as a younger kid, they were a little out there, so it probably pushed me to listen to stuff I wouldn't have listened to. And I think this might take me down a Talking Heads rabbit hole or um, some kind of bit more creative music. Would I recommend it? Yeah, five, absolutely. I think if no one's familiar with the Talking Heads, why recommend anything but this one, really, right? Like, it, mm. you get all the greatest hits. Um, I'll give it a solid 4.5 overall. I liked it. I, th- I thought it was good. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, solid good times. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Gregory? I'll, uh, I'll jump in. I'm going to rate it specifically as a live album and as such. Uh, I might give it a little bit of a lower score than I would if you would have taken all the studio tracks and, and slapped them together. Uh, if you would have asked me a week ago, I probably would have gone threes across the board. But really, yeah, it, it because it was just okay. Well, as a live album, it wasn't doing a lot for me. If you th- if you watch the movie, Peter's gonna hate, man. Yeah, exactly, right? But but I'll I'll give it a, a four based on the strength of the movie because I think it doesn't do it justice to just listen to the album itself the live album uh influenced my tastes yeah definitely it was a a four i liked the talking heads when i was younger uh it took stone temple pilots to move me into an angrier direction a couple years later uh till then i was i was a little goofy talking heads fan and um i would highly recommend three for the album five for the movie and then the album gets upgraded to a four after you've watched the movie. So four all around, I guess, is what that comes to. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm right in tune with you guys. Uh, you know, I came in overall at a four and a half as well. Uh, I had to recommend the five. I think it's you know, a really great album and uh, really good points on the sound quality and the production of it is just amazing. I mean, I guess the fact that they knew it was a movie and uh, what they were doing, they probably spent some extra budget on the recording of it. Uh, and influence, you know, I came in at a four there. It's just, you know, because at the time, you know, I probably wasn't into them as much as I got to later. I really like them now. I have several of their albums on vinyl and great stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're all kind of right right in that, that realm there. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that everybody liked that because, uh, you know, Talking Heads can be kind of one of those bands that, you know, most people like it, but it'll rub some people the wrong way because they're kind of eclectic and he's kind of a, a weirdo, which is... It's great. That's what makes great music. Weirdos. Uh, yeah, any other uh, uh, parting comments before we sign off? Mm. Good one. Yeah, really good one. Best recording of Heaven that I've heard. So awesome. really happy you picked it. Yep. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, and uh, so, so Scott Coates is up next. He has sent me his pick. I don't know if we're here. We never do. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll post it. I'll, I'll probably uh, get that. Uh, here we are. Uh, the day after uh, the first, but only because it was a holiday here in Canada, Canada Day. Happy Canada Day, Canada. Happy Canada Day. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Scott. 
Go Canada. <laughs> so Canadian, you apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. So, so sorry. So sorry to interrupt oh, you. Guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just go crush some beer. Yeah, sorry. We have apologized for. Oh, what was his name again? Ryan Adams on multiple occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Eno, by the way, isn't he Canadian? Yep. And he. Uh, Brian Eno is not Canadian, is he? I think so. I think you're thinking of Gregory Lanois. Oh, no. Daniel Lenoir, who produced you two and stuff. Yeah, you know. Daniel Lenoir and Brian Eno have crossed paths many, many, many times. Okay. I thought maybe there was a Canadian connection to this album, but. Let's uh, find out. Born uh, in the United Kingdom, Woodbridge, uh, UK. Oh, I always knew you were a liar, Alan. Alain Dupuis. Yeah, god damn it, Alan. You're out of the car. Jeez. All good, all good. Uh, All right, well, with that. With making fun of each other, we may as well sign off for another one. Is that is that the sign off? I'm sorry for blowing up on you like that. <laughs> what, what, was that the sign off or the introduction to the sign off? Because I'm still recording. Yeah. Oh no. Hey, we're still going. Yeah. So <laughs> sign off now. Stop interrupting, you bastards. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So for July, Scott Coates is up. Uh, for now, it is Scott Gregory, Scott Coates, Alan Dupree, and myself, Darren Scott, signing off for the Sonic Collective at. Sonic Collective.com.